Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host. This podcast is about my personal experiences, stories, and events with dealing with borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. My experiences with BPD is due to my wife, now ex-wife, who I have been with for 34 years, was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health and that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Thank you again for listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. Um, this is actually going to be a milestone for me. I'm going to be um, going into season two. So I figured I would go 40 episodes into a season. So uh, I'm not sure what direction I'm going to take. Um, but I really want to focus um, maybe on some new subjects like um, people that have children that were affected uh, due to BPD or you know, the family life with BPD, a lot of it, uh, especially I say 99% of the emails I get is always somebody talking about their spouse or their girlfriend or fiance is never anything about family life. So I'm hoping maybe that will introduce um, people into, you know, talking about family life or children um, involved with BPD. So with that being said, um, hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Thank you again for listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. And I want to say congratulations to all of you um, because I had made a commitment to myself a while back that I would um, do 40 episodes per season. And um, this is episode number 40. Um, So it's going to bring me into season two. And um, I figured what I would do is kind of break it up a little bit and go into a new direction, which I've been straying away from, but um, I'm going to start bringing a little bit of the family life into this. Um, Now, what kind of shied me away from this a little bit was the personal feeling on it, Um, but at the same time, some of the statistics that I pulled up about um, my podcast reach, and I'll give you an example. Now, like Um, this may not have too much of an impact of it, but when I pull up the statistics in the United States, 70, 78% of my listeners are from the United States. Um, 5% are from Australia. Uh, 4% are from the UK, 4% are from Canada. Um, and then I have like 
you know, three and two percent from Sweden, Germany, Norway, Ireland, and New Zealand. That may not be so much what swayed me to change my direction on starting off, excuse me, season two um, with children and families. But um, the other thing I noticed is the age group. Um, between the ages of 18 and 22 is uh, 10% of my listeners. Um, 23% of my listeners are between the ages of 23 and 27. 26% of my listeners are between 20 and 34. And 23% of my listeners are 35 to 44 years of age. And 13% of the listeners are between the ages of 45 and 59. And my audience, um, by gender, 60% are female and 34% are male. Now, the only thing I can get out of that, where I've seen that the with BPD, um, the highest percentage of um, gender is female. And so by looking at this, I'm kind of assuming that the 60% of the female listeners are, most of those are people that have BPD. Um, just going on, you know, with the mental health um, statistics. So... I'm looking at this saying 60% of my listeners are female um, and male 34%, but the age bracket, um, the highest age bracket I have is between 28 and 34. So that's kind of a, a young group, and there's only 3% difference between the ages of 35 and 44. So my biggest group is really between 23 and 45. So that kind of is a family age. So, you know, I mean, if it was a younger audience group, I probably would, you know, sway away from going into the family aspect of it. But I'm kind of guessing that, you know, a lot of these people, um, my listeners have children or family. And the thing is like a lot of the emails I get, um, I think just one a lady had sent it in to me and said her daughter was the um, poster child for BPD. Um, but most of it's always about, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, uh, ex-wife, but not a lot of mention about children. So I'm hoping, you know, like where I did my paranoia and delusional um, episode, instead of bringing people sending emails like my last um, episode was a listener email uh, about paranoia and delusional um, um, behavior. So I'm hoping maybe by this next episode, I'm hoping and I'm welcoming anybody to send emails in if they um, have had BPD affect their family life, especially with their children, whether it be a child. Um, I don't mean a child as in young, but I mean um, a child of somebody who's affected by BPD in the family or somebody who has BPD who can say that they've affected the children and the family or a husband um, or the opposite. Uh, you know, if it's a husband that has non-BPD or the wife that has non-BPD can say how it affected the family. So if that makes sense to you, I'm hoping this episode can kind of trigger off, um, you know, somebody to stop bringing up things about family. And um, the reason I want to bring this up is because, like, anytime my children have 
heard me and my wife argue, even now as adults, they voice more of, you know, we had to listen to this shit the whole time we were growing up and we still got to listen to it. And, you know, I've tried to explain to my kids now, especially that I know so much about BPD or so much, I'm not saying I'm a professional, but I mean a lot more than I've known before. And I said, you know, I apologize, but, you know, the outbursts back then, if I know what I know now, um, you know, I might have been able to handle it a lot better. You know, I apologize what you guys went through, but you have to understand one thing. You know, you're yelling at me or mom like we did it on purpose. You got to understand she had a disorder um, and I had a different disorder. And those two disorders, it's not like we did it on purpose. You know, that's like saying, you know, um, if you were growing up with polo and you, you needed those, um, what do they call them? Those hand walkers, almost like crutches to walk. And it always, you know, made it so when we went to um, the fairs or anything, we always ended up having to walk slower because you were on crutches. Well, that wouldn't be that person's fault. So the same thing, we both had a disorder. Um, you know, most of the time when they were growing up, um, I wasn't diagnosed with um, um, bipolar until 2008. So, you know, eight, nine, ten, and it was like four years after that that my wife was um, diagnosed with bipolar and BPD shortly thereafter. So that whole time they were growing up, I said, you know, neither one of us were diagnosed were on medication. So, you know, it was harder back then. And, of course, they'll jump in and say, yeah, but you guys still fucking fight. Excuse the, uh, the F-bombs, but, you know, and I said, yes, there's no cure for anything. But can you imagine if we weren't on medication? It'd be so much worse. So, you know, I understand that it did affect the children as they were growing up. They only saw their mother and their father fighting. But I explained to them also, I said, but can you understand one thing, too? You guys saw us fight constantly, but you also saw us get along. And you can't deny when we were good, we were great. And when it was bad, it was horrible because I... I even remind them, I said, how many times did you guys tell us that when we were getting along, like holding hands and being loving, you know, we'd be out of the family, um, you know, either at a carnival or something. And they've mentioned many times, I hope if I'm with somebody as long as you guys, that I'll be able to, you know, show that much affection for them. And I said, see, now you guys would make good comments, but, you know, but then when it's bad, they would also make comments and say, geez, if I ever fought like you guys, I wouldn't be together as long as you guys did. So I said, at the same time, you guys were, you know, like wishing that we didn't stay together for all those years. You know, the old saying, rather have uh, two addresses that were semi-happy than one address where we we're miserable. And I said, but you got to understand, we did look out for you guys. And there was a lot of arguments we didn't have in front of you guys. But at the same time, I didn't want to give up on your mother because I love her. And I didn't want to give up on the family and walk away from you guys. Because if I walked away from your mother, I'd be walking away from you guys. Because she always said she would fight for custody. And how would I be able to take care of you guys when I work 12 hours a day? So I'd be missing out on you guys and missing out on her. I loved her and I loved you guys. So, you know, at the same time, I know it's unfair for them at the same time to witness, you know, a lot of the argument and stuff. Um, and it's affected them to this day, you know, because they've mentioned that the way that they handle their relationships is a lot based on what they witnessed with us. 
to me, I think that's kind of a poor excuse in a way because I see how my mother and father fought the whole time I was growing up. Um, you know, my father was physically abusive um, to me and my sister, and he was physically abusive to my mother. Um, and they finally got divorced when we were 18 years old. And I said to my mother, you know, all these years that dad, you know, beat us and beat you and threw things and destroyed the house. And then finally, when we we're 18, you guys decided to, you know, separate. And my stepdad now, I would have loved to have him uh, growing up as a father. He was, he's an excellent man. He's um, a great uh, caretaker, a provider, um, a great role model, strict, never laid his hands on me. Um, and I love the guy to death. I love him like my real father. Um, but, you know, she said, well, I we stayed together for you guys. So in a way, I can see where that was good. And when people say we stay together for the kids, there's a lot more depth to that. And it meant, you know, my mother said if dad had left, she had only worked part time working at the school. And she was only making like maybe four or five bucks an hour. She would have never been able to support us. You know, we wouldn't have been able to have even a halfway decent place to live. Wouldn't have been able to have even a bicycle. Um, she wouldn't have been able to afford anything. So when she meant she, they stayed together for the kids, it meant to have a roof over our head, to give us the things that we wanted. And she said, well, think of it back. You know, if, if I had left your dad, you know, remember all these things that you wanted growing up, think of all the things you did have. Could you really have gone without those? You know, a computer, because I was really into computers, you know, uh, computer, my bicycle, my mini bike, stuff like that. And I said, yeah, I can kind of see, you know, because my father did get home late. So by the time we got home late, they only had like an hour or two to argue. And by then we were in bed anyway. So it really wasn't that bad. So I can see when they say stay together for the kids, what that meant, you know, it's underlined. So, you know, I don't blame them for not separating especially when i had asked i got a straight and honest answer and i can definitely understand that now so i explained to the kids as well i said you know if we had split up and we had two separate addresses you know i wouldn't have been able to afford to have a place of my own and you know support your mother with child child support and the child support would have just basically got you guys along you wouldn't have been able to have you know the dirt bike and the go-kart and the pool and, you know, the uh, farm animals and all the stuff that I did give them because I made pretty good money. So they pretty much got anything they ever wanted or asked for. And, um, you know, and of course, sometimes in a whim, they'll be like, yeah, I would have definitely done with all that shit. So we wouldn't have to listen to all the fighting. Uh, I know each one of them that had said that. They definitely know they love the iPads and their iPhones that I bought them. You know, whenever they asked for something, it was within that week they always got something. They never had to wait a couple of weeks or a month or, you know, well, let's see when your birthday comes around. You know, I did spoil my my kids. And I said, you know, I'm sure you would have had no problem going without your iPad and the dirt bike and all this and that. And, you know, later on, they'd admit it and say, yeah, you know, we probably, we dealt with it because we knew we wouldn't have gotten those things. So, you know, so with that being touch i didn't want to make this an extremely long uh episode but it was more or less to let you know the direction i want to start heading going into season two and i as always i always welcome any listener emails um you know like the last episode was a listener email 
you know, about touching on um, uh, delusions and paranoia. So if you have an area that you'd like me to touch on or, you know, get um, my feedback or, you know, uh, um, if I you have a certain subject you want me to dig into my relationship and pull that up and talk about it, you know, this is all about for all of us as a group kind of collaborative. So I'm putting my experiences out there that you can relate to. And at the same time, you throw things out that I can relate to and kind of stir things up for all of us together. Like I said, you know, it's collaborated into to one um, support group in a way and get all our stuff out there and see if, you know, my stories can resonate with you or your emails can resonate with me. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that I've forgotten. And sometimes when somebody sends an email, they'll bring back and I'll be like, oh my God, yeah, I forgot about that. And, you know, either on a certain subject or an instance, um, but, you know, again, uh, please send in your emails. I read every single one of them. Um, I always respond to everybody's. And, again, I'm open to um, anybody who wants to be a guest on the show um, for an interview. Um, or you can interview me either way. But with that being said, again, remember if there's anybody in your life that has PPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can because they find it so hard to understand and love themselves. So with that being said... Happy relationship and happy life. And again, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. I hope you enjoyed the show. And please check out my many other episodes. I hope you get some beneficial suggestions from my experiences. And remember, we're all responsible for our own choices. I'd like to remind you that if you have someone in your life with BPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can because they find it so hard to be able to understand themselves and love themselves. So thank you again and have a happy life.